Thank you, Jesus. Just as I am, I come. And before, before I get going tonight, listen, I'm nothing special. I'm not a super Christian. I'm, I don't have everything figured out. I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a guy living life and pursuing Jesus with everything. So that's, that's, the, that's the perspective I want to come to you tonight out of. And so before I get going, Todd did a great job of introducing me in his prayer. I'm going to give him a little, give him, give him a little flack back there. Um, he just said, hey, Derek's preaching tonight, and that's all I got. So let me tell you a little about myself, but before I do, I want to tell you a story, all right? So in, in 2003, I created my very first account on a social media platform, all right? Can anyone guess what it was? Okay, so I heard a Snapchat, which that's really wrong. Um, I heard MySpace, that's wrong. Exenga is was my very first account on social media. Yeah, that was that's right. Yeah, it's. I, I, what's funny is I went to log in today or, or, or earlier earlier this week. It doesn't even exist. You can't log. You can't log in. Like it's no longer there. But then you know after. After I got connected on Exenga, then I went to MySpace. After MySpace, around 2005 or so, I, I jumped over to Facebook, you know, opened up that profile. Hey, I can't complain. I got a wife out of my Facebook account, so um, that's a different story for a different day. In 2009, in 2009 I, got, I, I got a Twitter account. I remember my very first tweet. It said, it was the only social media-like thing that I could actually access at school because it had like a bunch of filters, a bunch of blocks. And I said, I can't get on Facebook, so I'm going to try this Twitter thing out. So, I mean, it was a legendary tweet. I mean, that was the very first one from at Derek Malloy. So, you know, you can look, you can scroll all the way back, and that's, that's what it was. And then, an Insta- then in 2012, I hopped over to something called Instagram. I think some of you guys have heard of it. Um, in 2013, I opened up a Vine account for a hot minute. Um, that was real dumb. Um, that, just, that just was dumb. And then in 2015, I was an early adopter of Periscope. So needless to say, I, I've kind of bought into this whole game uh, of social media. And, and, and back in 2003, when I, when I first opened up that Exenga account, and then I started playing with MySpace, my mom was just like, Derek, you're wasting all your time. Go outside, go get some sun, you're white, all right? <laughs> And, and what's funny about my mom is that she's actually half, like, she's half, actually half Hispanic. So she, like, she's, like, tan year-round, and guys, I'm, <laughs> I'm pasty white. So, like, I'll scare you guys if I take off my shirt. Like, it's, it's, just, it's just a bad deal. So she's like, you need to go outside, you need to get some, you need to get some sun. But, but little does she know, I would go on to, to graduate from high school and, and then go to college, get a degree in communication, after, after I graduated from college, I ended up um, getting my first big boy job. And then in 2014, just a couple years ago, I moved out to Dallas, Georgia, to a little place called Westridge Church. You guys ever heard of it? All right, yeah, that's what I thought. That's good. Somebody said no. <laughs> Bless your heart. Um, so, so, you know, I, so I get the pleasure here of, of, of getting to oversee all of our communications effort at Westridge. So in a really easy sense, everything that you see, touch, or feel from Westridge at one point or another probably came across my desk. So, so that's what I get to do here. 
Another thing, a big part of my role is actually I get to run and oversee all of our social media accounts. So everything that you see that we do on on at Westridge Church, on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, our, our Westridge student account on Instagram and Twitter. One of the things that we get to do is every once in a while, every once in a while we get to interact with some of you guys on, on Twitter or on Instagram. And, and something really something really funny uh, happened last week with one of our followers. And, you know, we always try to have a good time. We try to, you know, you know, if you guys tweeted us or whatever, we try to just say something back, have a little bit of fun, not take ourselves too seriously. And that's exactly what happened last week on spring break. Did you guys have a good spring break, by the way? Yeah. Somebody, good. I'm glad to hear that most of you said yes. So last week, one of, one of our followers did not have a good week at all. And Tyler Godfrey, where, where are you at? You're right here? So last... Last week, you got your wisdom teeth out, right? All right, so last week, Tyler tweeted at us. So go ahead and throw that slide up. I, I, I pulled in um, what he said to us. He said, last, uh, April 6th, all I, wanted, all I want is to be with my reckless fam at WRC students instead of having wisdom teeth pain. We sent back, man, hope you're feeling better. We didn't say man, I said that. Anyway, Tyler said, oh, thank you. Go to the next slide. We said, hopefully, the swelling isn't too bad, because after wisdom teeth, there will be swelling. So for those of you who haven't had your wisdom teeth out, it sucks. <laughs> like, it's awful. There's swelling. There's things, you know, you have, you have, literally, you have teeth that are cut out of your head. So Tyler, come up here real quick. So you have teeth cut out of your head, all right? There's swelling. You get things called dry sockets. You can't eat out of straw, like nothing. Like, it's just terrible. Right here, just right here. So... You're looking good. Like the swelling's down, it's gone. We got you a Starbucks gift card just for just for just hanging out with us, just just for having a little bit of fun with us. All right. So you go get a frappuccino. Make sure you ice those puppies down, and and you get to feeling better. So make some noise for Tyler. That's right. So that's what we do. All right. We have a little bit of fun on 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 our on our Twitter account on Instagram. So. Make sure you go. Make sure you go follow us. You never know what might happen. So, so here's the deal. I truly, I really believe that social media is a powerful tool in, in every single one of our pockets. It really is. You know, if I had to boil it down, what what social media does for a person, it, it, it literally it gives you a voice. It allows you to communicate with people in in your community. It allows you to communicate with your friends and the people that that you roll with. And, and but. In a weird sense, it kind of gives you power as well because your words that you speak, they, they, they carry with them a weight, whether they, be, whether they be, you know, spoken, whether they be written down, or whether they be digitally on, on social media. They, they, all of your words have power. And like, like anything, social media can also paralyze you. Am I right? Like, you can, you can literally be sitting in bed at night with your phone over your head and just doing one of these numbers, Right? And then out of nowhere, you like slip, your phone slips out of your hand and, and hits you in the face. It's just a bad deal. Sometimes that happens. It's okay. But before, before we get into tonight's scripture, which is John 6, I, I want to introduce an idea to you. And the idea is this. It's called hyper-reality. All right? It's, there we go. It's hyper-reality. All right? And so the definition of hyper-reality is this. Hyper-reality is an exaggerated life. It's a presentation of life that actually exceeds the reality of life. In other words, it's fake. It's not real. It's, 
it's, it, it doesn't actually exist. So let me give you a few practical examples, all right? So many of you guys know and love your high school pastor, Todd Hampton, all right? So if you... Man. <laughs> um, hey, make some noise for your high school pastor, all right? Make some noise. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Hey, seriously, you guys have one of the best high school pastors I've ever worked with. That's, just, that's for free. And now... This is, this, is the, this is the hyper-reality Todd Hampton right here. Go ahead and give me that next slide. It's Todd Hampton playing for the New York Mets. Our boy Todd needs to stick to high school ministry. That, that's his wheelhouse. That's what he does good. He needs to just root. So obviously that's fake. That's not, that's, that's not real whatsoever. Like I pulled that into Photoshop like two hours before this and like just put his face on there. And like it's not real. So that's obviously really exaggerated. So, so let me give you a, a more practical example. This next picture is actually a picture of me and my wife, all right? So me and my wife, we got married about a year ago. We're coming up on one year. Um, yeah, come on. Come on. Now, she, I, I don't know how I landed her, all right? Just straight up. She's a righteous fox, straight up. So now... Let me, let me kind of explain, let me explain to you this picture. So we, when we first got married, we live in an apartment, okay? And in that apartment complex, we had access to the Silver Comet, right? Anybody ever been on the Silver Comet Trail? You go out there, you go run, you, you, ro- you know, ride your bike, whatever. So Belinda, Belinda was like Miss Outdoors, like for forever. She still is. And, and she loves to rollerblade, all right? So we... Uh, her brother had an extra pair of rollerblades laying around, and she said, hey, my brother has these rollerblades. Let's, let's go on the Silver Comet Trail. Let's go, let's go rollerblading. And I said, all right. So we go rollerblading, right? We get on the trail. Listen, the only experience that I have with rollerblading is, like, first grade, roller rink. Like, they throw the dice on the floor, and you roll around it, and, like, birthday parties. That's, that, that, that's the only experience that I had with roller skating. Most of you guys probably don't know Maybe, maybe you got a, oh, you know, <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's, that's my experience. I'm not good. So I go out there, I'm looking like my, my, my legs are like wobbling. Um, my, my lower back, like I felt like 80 years old. Then out of nowhere, about five minutes into this rollerblade, my feet start to cramp up. So we rollerblade for like 10 minutes, right? We get like, we don't go very far. And, and by, by the time we get, we get turned around, she's like, what does she do? Let's take a picture. And I say, give me your phone. And we, so we take this picture, right? So, you know, she's like rollerblading all happy. I'm like smiling, my selfie game's strong. And, and, that's, and that's what we do, right? That's not real, all right? We look like a rollerblading power couple in this picture. I'm a joke when it comes to rollerblading. But when it looks like that, like, people commented on it and, like, hashtag relationship goals. Like, this is not relationship goals, all right? This was awful. But, you know, we made it look good. We made it look right, all right? So, now, here's, here's another example. And Belinda and I, we, we, we wanted to get a puppy. So we got, we got this awesome dog right here. Her name's Fee- yeah. Aw, yeah, everybody do it together. We got this awesome dog named Phoebe. Now, yeah, she's, she's cool. She's a cool dog. You guys are missing out. Um, but but she's, she's a hot mess, 
Like, every morning we got to take her out. She's, she's a lot of work. She's a lot of response. We got to feed her. We got to buy her food. We got to take her to the vet. Like, this, like, she's not sweet and cute like this all the time. The only way we got her to, to hold still long enough is we are holding a treat in front of her and saying, look right here, look right here, and then snap. And that was it. The rest of the time, she's bouncing all over our house. So these, these moments when we capture this, this sweetness, this cuteness, there, there's an element of it that's not, that's not completely reality. Now, you can go ahead and take Phoebe down. Uh, you know, we'll see you later, Phoebe. Um, now, here's the thing. I, I want to maybe step on some toes here for a minute and, because I want to say something. You know, so many of us can use Instagram and Twitter and, and Snapchat in a way that makes us look better than what we really are. And, and, and you know, I mean, this, this past week is a prime example. Probably most of you guys saw so many people who went on this awesome spring vacation spring break vacation, they went to the beach, you know, they went to some cool cabin, they did something fun, they went to, you know, New York or or wherever, and they did something really cool, and you're just like sitting at home watching Netflix, and like, oh, that's cool. But let me tell you, for those of you who went on vacation, it probably wasn't that, it, it was probably elements of it was great, but the photo that you shared probably wasn't all too great. Probably at some point your mom drove you crazy. Probably at some point your little brother, your little sister did something that just ticked you off. Probably something happened with a crazy aunt, a crazy uncle. Just it wasn't, it wasn't as pretty as the beach picture. Right? Are you tracking with me? You know, some of you guys, when you get a new car, you like, you take this, you know, cool picture of a car that, you know, I guess you think that it might turn into a transformer or something. So you take a cool picture of your car and, and you post it and you're driving it around and it's awesome. But at some point, for those of you who have a car and, and, and have that, like, at some point, it's just kind of like, eh, whatever. It's just a car. And then you start looking around, and you start seeing, like, you know, your bestie gets a Jeep, and you're like, man, I want a Jeep. And you can't think about nothing but a Jeep or something like that. Like, you, you start thinking about all these things, and, or you, you, you went somewhere cool to hike, or you went to a concert, you went to a Bieber concert, whatever. That's not that cool. Um, just kidding. <laughs> I, I might secretly jam to Bieber some mornings. Just don't tell my wife. Um, you know, that's, you know that, those are some of the things. But can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Those are the things. That's not where we get our value from. You tracking with me? That's not where we get our value. It doesn't matter who comments on our post. It doesn't matter who likes our post. It doesn't matter who watched our story. That's not the piece of our life that makes us valuable. Our value is in the truth that we're God's creation placed on this earth to bring Him glory. Period. So that, that brings us to this point of tension tonight where you're saying, okay, Derek, a minute ago you said we were going to talk about John 6, but you're just talking about this thing called hyperreality. Are you going to get to it? I'm so glad you asked. But first, I do need to give you just a little, little bit of context. So as we roll into John 6, so if you have your Bible with you, if, if you have you know, your phone, your iPad, illuminate that thing, get it open to the Bible app and go to John 6. So while you get there, I'm going to give you a little bit of context. So... In John 6, this was one of the biggest days in Jesus' ministry. Because first, when he woke up the day before the day that we're in, when we're, when we're going to meet Jesus here in John, John 6, 25, here in a second, Jesus had the t- one of the toughest days of ministry in his whole entire life. One, he found out that his cousin died, and his, one of his great friends, John the Baptist. 
So Jesus was already emotionally feeling the impact of somebody that he knew who passed away. Then, as he walked up to this crowd of people who were gathered to talk with him, to, to see him, he had great compassion on this crowd. And, and this crowd was sitting there, and they didn't have anything to eat. And so what Jesus said, he took, he took a little boy's lunch, broke it, and fed 5,000 men. You know, actually, research shows that in addition to that, those 5,000 men, he probably fed anywhere from ten to 15,000 more people with, those, with that bread and those fishes. That includes men, women, and children. So that's a big day for Jesus. That's, 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 pretty, that's pretty monumental. And then he's not done. This was like the day that kept giving. Then his disciples, he sent his disciples on, and then they got stuck in a storm. So Jesus walked out onto the water, met them at their boat, called one of his disciples out of the boat. He sank. He picked him up. He put him back in the boat and then got them to the other side. So that was Jesus' day before today. So now, now we're here, verse 25. I'm, I'm going to read this story, all right? And if, and if you're jacking around, if you're on your phone, you're not, you're not reading the story, tune in f- just for a second. Hear this story. It's a good one, I promise. Verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the sea, this is the crowd. The crowd found him on the other side of the sea. They said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Verse 26. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. And he's talking about the day before. So these people rolled back up on Jesus saying, Hey, you're going to feed us again? But hang on to that thought. I'm going to come back to that verse here in a minute. Verse 27. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they asked him, Then what sign do you do? Can you believe that question? What sign do you do? The day before, he took two pieces of fish, some bread, broke it, and fed 5,000 men. And they're asking him, what sign, have, what sign do you do? That's ridiculous. But I probably would have asked the same question. Anyway, that's beside the point. Then, what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? 31, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. And as it's written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to him, them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God, he is who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. So I think it's really important here, just for a second, to look at the crowd's motive in in why they were following Jesus, why they were seeking Jesus. And and here's why. It's because they were seeking the materialistic things that Jesus could give to them that day. Yesterday, Jesus fed them. He fed them a huge meal. So essentially, this crowd was, was walking up to Jesus and pretending like he was a cosmic sugar daddy who would just give them whatever they wanted who was going to do this great work for them. But that's not what Jesus was, was there to do. Jesus did come. Jesus did come to give them a sign, but it was to prove that he was the Son of God, the Messiah. 
So, that, so you're thinking, okay, Derek, that's like 2,000 years ago. Let me put it into something that you might understand today. Rush camp. Rush camp. Anybody excited? You should be. You should be. It, uh, it's 46 days away. And, and we're taking 615 of you with us. That's going to be an incredible week. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. But, but some of you are going just for the benefits. Some of you guys are just going to just go to the, go to the beach, play with sharks, play in the sand. Some of you, some of you are going because you want to feel him. You want him to give you a sign. But, but let me tell you something. God is here tonight. God is in this place. God is in this room tonight. And God's wanting you to see that he is literally, he's right in front of you. He's trying to wave you down. He wants you to see that he loves you for who you are. He's saying, don't wait 46 days to have an encounter with me. Because here's what Jesus said to the crowd that he was talking to. Jesus said to them, verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe, and all the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me I will never cast out, for I come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For he, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. Listen, that is a huge hope that we have today. That, that one day we will be standing with Jesus. We will be standing in front of the creator of the world. We get that. That's, that's in, incredible. But I want to I take a second and look back at verse 26, and it says this. Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. The crowd was following Jesus to, cons- to be consumers. They, they wanted something from him. And all they, all they wanted from him was what he could physically do for them. And you know, honestly, let me be real with you tonight. Honestly, that's where some of you guys are. You're here seeking something to fill the void in your life. And you might just be trying the church thing just to try it out. Just to see if Jesus might fill that void that you have. Because you might be trying to fill the void with things like Instagram, things like Twitter. You're trying, you're wanting to do something bigger on social media than you did last week. You're wanting to get noticed. You're wanting to get more popular. You're wanting to be with a cooler group of friends. You're wanting to get noticed. You want to make a name for yourself. You're trying to do something bigger and better than you did last week. Last week, last month, last football season, last softball season, whatever. All for what? This? This heart? That's it. That's all, that's all it is. It's a heart. 
big deal. It's to heart. Think about it. So someone's scrolling through and just, oh, that's cool, double tap. That's it. And we put so much value. I want you to hear something. Jesus, Jesus will give you life at cost to himself. He broke himself so that you can be made whole. That's, that's, that's some truth that we can rest in tonight. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. I don't want you to peak at 17 years old. I don't want you to do the greatest thing that you'll ever do in your entire life right now. Now, don't get me wrong. I want you guys to do some cool stuff. I want you to reach your community. I want you to, to make a name for yourself in, in, in a good way. I don't want you to be known as a thug or a bully or whatever. I want you to be known as a Christ follower. And that's what Jesus wants. That's, Jesus wants you to pursue him with everything you have. With everything. And tonight, if the best thing that you ever do in your life is get to 2,000 followers on Instagram, that sucks. That's stupid. Don't get me wrong. So like I said, Social media is a great thing. I'm not, I'm not sitting here like just saying, you need, to, you need to get off social media. It's a terrible thing. Don't hear that. That's a joke. But hear, but do hear that that's not where your value comes from. Because believe it or not, one day Instagram will not be around. Instagram will be what Xenga was for me. And guess what Xenga is? It's dead. You can't log in. One day that will be Instagram. You won't be on Instagram for the rest of your life. One day it will go away. But today, in the here and now, the world is telling you that you need it. That, that, that you need this thing to fill the void. And you know what? Maybe, and let me, let me sidetrack for a second. Maybe it's, not, maybe it's not social media. Maybe it's not Instagram. Maybe you're pursuing a scholarship. Maybe next year you want to be captain of the football team. Maybe next year you want to be first chair in band. Maybe next year you want to be the stage manager for a one-act play. Maybe, maybe you want to do something great next year. But, but let me tell you this. Outside of Jesus, outside of pursuing Jesus, all of those things will, will not fill the void that you feel. It won't. Because guess what? There's, there's the next hoop. If you get to 2,000 followers, then there's 2,500. If you make captain of the football team, then, then there's the playoffs. After the playoffs, there's, there's what? There's nothing. It's, it's, it's over. You have, to, you have to find something else to fill the void. And, and, and you know, guys, I'm telling you, those things will leave you empty. Jesus is the one thing in the universe that we can look at to our, for our value, our satisfaction, and here's why. He has literally stood the test of time. He's been around for 2,000 years. We're having a conversation about a dude who walked the earth 2,000 years ago. You're, you're, you're gathered in this room with probably 250, 300 people, other people who at least think that might be true. That's, there's something to that. There's something to take note about that. And here's another thing. Look at verse 35 one more time. Jesus said, I am the bread 
of life. Whoever comes to me shall never, shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And you know what? Maybe tonight, maybe tonight you, you are a Christ follower. And you need to be reminded of this, of this truth. And, and you know, seriously, guys, when I was writing this, so much, what God just, God just slapped me across the face and said, you, you need to look to me. You need to rely on me for your satisfaction. You don't need to look at anything else. You need to look at me. And so and maybe tonight you're a Christ, Christ follower. And, and you know, I, I, I seriously, I don't want you walking away with this, with this huge weight on you tonight, feeling like that you, that you suck because you don't. Because God sees so much value in you because he sent his one and only son, Jesus, just for you. Just for you. And you know what, Christ follower, tonight I want you to walk away encouraged. My hope is that, that you conquer the rest of this week with the confidence knowing that, that Jesus has you. And I want you to keep pursuing him. I want you to get into the word. I want you to, I want you to spend some time in prayer. I want you to talk about who Jesus is to your friends, to your family, to the people in your life that you know. And let let that light of Jesus shine, shine so brightly that people know that there's something different about you. And you know what? Maybe, maybe for some of you tonight, maybe, maybe, maybe you're realizing that, that God, that you don't have a relationship, that, that you understand who God is, and, and, and as you sit there, you, you even believe it. But you, but you realize that you don't have a relationship. You know, it's really simple. Do you believe? And do you understand it? And if the answer to those two questions are yes, and if you haven't done this, it's time to get into relationship with them. And so something I want to do real quick, I just want everybody to bow your head just real fast. And listen, there's nothing magical about this. Seriously, there's not. But if, if, if tonight you're sitting there and you feel a weight, you feel a burden on you, you feel like a, a weight of 50 pounds is on your chest and, and you know in your heart and in your mind that tonight you want Jesus, that you want to, you want to find your value, your worth and who Jesus is, I want you to do something really simple. I just want you to lift your hand up. I see you. And that's good. You guys can go ahead and put your hands down. That's, I'm so proud of you. And everyone can look up this real quick. If that's, if that's you tonight, it's as easy as, as praying a simple prayer like this. God, forgive me. I believe in you. I understand that Jesus is the son of God. And I want to live my life for you. That's it. There's nothing special. There's no magic pill. There's, I'm not going to make you run down here, do a dance. But now I do want you to do something extra. I'm not going to make you do it right now, though. I do want you to go out to the help center and fill out a card and let somebody know about that decision because it's something to celebrate. Because let me tell you, we want to, we want to give you a high five and give you a hug because that's awesome. And I want to be the first to say welcome to the family. All right? Hey, listen, if you're here tonight, I want you to walk away with this. I want you to walk away being encouraged that Jesus, Jesus is the one that you should find your value.
in because nothing else matters. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for these students tonight. God, I thank you for the ones who, who, who lifted their hand. And God, I ask that you would give them the boldness and the courage to, to talk to a small group leader, to talk to, their, to, to Todd and, and talk to somebody, just, just to let them know about the decision that they made tonight. Father, uh, we love you. We thank you for Jesus and who he is and everything that he did on the cross. And it's his name. Amen.